0: Good morning, everybody. Thank you very much for gathering with us. This is a great day because it is the Lord's Day. This is also a great day because tonight we are kicking off our family vacation Bible school. Maybe you've observed a couple of clues that would indicate that. Much good work, much good praying has been going into this year's event. First time in two years that we've been able to do this so I'm looking forward to it I hope you're looking forward to it tonight 530 if at all possible come back with your children your grandchildren also a lot of good things happening for adults but at 530 tonight we're in here we're worshiping once again our amazing creator we're also in that worship study time we'll be thinking about God as the creator of us God as the creator of all great things. Let me begin this morning's lesson by asking you a question. How much time, how much time do we have left here? I'm not thinking so much about how much time do we have left here in the assembly, but how much time do we have left here? Planet Earth. The correct answer is not much. Psalm 90 verse 9 says that our years are like a sigh. That didn't take long, did it? Psalm 39 verse 5, life is a vapor. That word for vapor means puff of air, a puff. That didn't take long, did it? Psalm 144, verse 4. Our days are like a passing shadow. That's quick. James, of course, as you recall, gives us the clearest picture of how much time we have left. This is James 4, beginning on verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? One of the most important questions we'll ever see. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin, How much time do we have left here? Not much. One fellow I read about, he had more time than most 116 years. And they ask him, What is the secret to your longevity? Two things. One, Don't eat junk food. And number two, keep your nose out of other people's business. Probably that's why so few of us make it to 116 years of age. I want to reframe the original question this morning. How much time do we have left here? Would you think of it This way? How many summers do you think you have left? How many family vacation Bible schools you got in you? How many Sundays is God going to gift us? How many sermons are we privileged to listen to and to present? How many more opportunities are we going to have to repent of sins? Some need to be asking, how many more opportunities do I have to put on Jesus in baptism? How many more conversations do I have left with the people that mean the most to me? We've been thinking a lot in previous lessons about marriage, husbands, wives. How many kisses do we have left? How many breaths that we're taking now? How many more breaths do we get to take? The correct answer to all those questions is very likely not as many as we think. May I ask you to ponder another question? (laughs) Which is more valuable? Money or time? It's time, of course. It might take us a little doing, but we can figure out how much money we have. We have no idea how much more time we have. And if necessary... We can do some things and we can make more money. But there's nothing we can do to make more time. Once it's gone, it's not coming back. That's why Paul would say to his friends at Ephesus in chapter 5, 16 of the book of Ephesians, redeem the time. He didn't say redeem the money. Redeem the time. Don't waste that which is so precious. (laughs) Don't take it for granted. Time is to be highly prized. Another question. Have you noticed that value is determined by scarcity? By the supply. There's a lot of sand in our world therefore sand is not so expensive gold is not everywhere therefore it is more valuable some exquisite pearls very scarce therefore of great value they're great works of art they have such a high price because they're so rare they're so scarce could you imagine how much would be paid if it were put on auction for the Mona Lisa there's only one because there's only one it is so valuable these antique cars some of them people will pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for them because they're not making those specimens anymore. Again, scarcity determines value. The virtuous woman of Proverbs 31, she's more valuable than any ruby. Why? Because she's rare. Not many like her. So our time is scarce. Is passing quickly. It has great value. To use the sports analogy, we are later in the game than perhaps we think we are. And you probably already noticed many times that the later you are in the game, the more important every play becomes. The later in the baseball game, the more important the at-bats. Those ninth inning at-bats are really, really significant. They're precious. Late in the basketball game, those, those free throws, they really seem to count. So, in a sense, right, whether we're the youngest in the house or the oldest in the house, we're all in the ninth inning. We're all in the fourth quarter. You remember James called this a vapor, of course, but do you remember what he said as a a now what? Because life is short. He he told us there in verse 17 of James 4, he said, therefore, because we don't have much time left, He said something about our behavior, you remember? He said, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So as a a consequence of understanding that we don't have a whole lot of time left, we're to do good. In whatever moments God is going to give us, let us do good in as many of those moments to as many people as we possibly can all to the glory of our heavenly father in other words these at bats we're taking right now these free throws we're shooting they really really matter these Sundays matter these breaths matter these these people in our hearts and lives they matter and so we, we invest wisely. We don't want to waste an at-bat. We don't want to waste a Sunday. We don't want to waste a conversation. We don't want to waste a person. Another question. Think about. Have you noticed that the more we invest in something, the more we expect out of that investment? The more we give to something, the higher the price we pay, the better we expect it to be. You spend a lot of money, for example, on a restaurant. You go to George's. Anybody ever been there? What do you expect when you walk in that place? You expect this is going to be mouth-watering. This is going to be delicious. I'm spending big on this. I'm expecting it to be tremendous. Go to Burger King. I'm not expecting as much because I'm not investing as much. We... Go to a car lot, we spend a lot of money for a car with all the bells and the whistles, and we expect because we're investing so much that this is going to be a fine machine. Uh, You pay a lot for a vacation, it's phenomenal how much some of us will lay out to go to these places. And what we, we're, we're, we're investing, we're expecting, this is going to be awesome. So many pictures, so many memories. Works that way with golf clubs. We call it buying a game, some of us. you know, we, If I spend this amount of money on this club, it's going to help me to hit the ball straighter, purer, farther. We, we invest a lot. We expect more. I remember when our son Jordan was playing a lot of baseball and, and he would struggle. And sometimes he'd feel like the problem is the bat. We got to get a more expensive bat. You know, you can buy bats. They're DeMarinis, Zingarinis, and all this kind of stuff. And they're so expensive, you can't even use them in certain temperatures. Some of them are illegal because they're so advanced in their technology. But when you lay out that kind of money, you expect, my kid's gonna hit that ball really far now. When we buy these cell phones. You know, we know the more we pay, the more that device is supposed to do. I mean, we we understand the principle, right? The more we spend, the more we expect the more we are determined to like what we're investing in. I mean, we're convinced ourselves this is going to be good even if it doesn't turn out to be so good. And Jesus affirms this principle, right? When he said, where your treasure is, what you're really investing in, there your, your heart will be also. Of course, the opposite is also true. True. We understand if it's a cheap price, it's liable to be a cheap product and we're not gonna expect too much out of that. So, here's another question. In view of all that, consider this. How much have we invested ourselves in the Lord? In the Lord's church? A lot or a little. By the way, as you know, Christ has paid big. He's invested big for us. And it's reasonable then that he would expect a a big response in return. From all of us purchased with his blood. He would expect big love from us. Big gratitude. A big investment of ourself back in the one who's ve- invested all in us. If we view the church, which according to Paul in Ephesians 1, and 23, is the body of Christ. If we view the church as something that is worth our greatest investment, the investment of our heart. If we're pouring ourselves into the church, again, the body of Christ, then we're gonna be caring more about the church. We're gonna be expecting The best great blessings from our connection with Christ, the church. We give much, we expect much. But if we see the church, if we see the body of Christ as unworthy of all our heart, of that level of investment, then likely we're not going to be expecting so much of the church we're not going to be the biggest fan of the church we might even view the church as somewhat of a of an inconvenience something to be occasionally tolerated rather than consistently celebrated and if that spirit becomes the majority of eh, the church it has a place, but not first place. My relationship with the Lord, hey, you know, it, it matters, but, but other things also matter a whole lot. If, if that spirit, that thinking becomes majority in a church, what happens to the church? Church dries up. Dries up. Nobody does the teaching. Nobody's showing up too much. There's no more family vacation Bible schools. There's no mission works being done. There's no meals being prepared for those that are hurting. Another question. If we are all invested in the Lord, invested in the body of Christ, the church, as you are, what's the church like? What are our worship services like? What's our mission work like? What's our Sunday school program like? what's our benevolent work like if we're all invested as you are or as I am think of it this way please you've seen maybe an illustration like this think of this rope please as, as, as our life okay Cameron would you take an end of this please and just walk, walk that way with it and don't don't stop till you get to the moon, please. Just keep going till you get to the moon. All right. Imagine, is it tangled, Cameron? You tangled up. Pull, t- pull, Cameron. All right, that's good. See, we get to practice this this service and perfect it for the next service. All right. Cameron is holding the end of this rope. I'm holding another end, and you see, you see this red mark here. If you and you just let it down, Cameron, and, and come back take a seat. Thank you very much. But let this rope be kind of representative of, of your life and my life. Okay, a timeline of our entire existence. And and let this this red mark here be our life here, now. And, and let's let the, the rest of the rope that goes from here to the moon and back and around the world and it just, it it never ends. This is 50 feet. It's all I can afford. But in reality, it goes on and on and on. And may I ask you to think about this, this little red line. And, and actually this line should be, if it were truly representative of our life, it, it would be smaller than this, wouldn't it? it, it would, this is a blink, this is a, a sigh, this is a vapor, this is a snap. And, and, and some of us, right, spend so much time on this, this little, little moment of our entire existence. But what about, what about this? What about, what about the rest of of our eternity? We've got to focus not just on that red mark, but on what comes next. We can can get so caught up in, in that little time and the distractions and the static and the clutter and, and all the, the, the busyness that, that we forget about all of this and all of this matters more than that, that little time and, and when we read our Bible we understand that what we do in that little in this little moment has great bearing on, on the, the rest of our eternity and so we, we want to keep our focus, yes, on, on the good things that we we get to do here, but we're we're doing all this in view of what's next. The apostle Paul, he was he was a master at focusing on what's in the future, right? Philippians chapter 3, remember, he's talking about forgetting those things which are behind. I press forward. Verse 14, he says, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. So, so where, where's our beloved apostle? Where's he looking? He, he's not looking so much at this, this blink. He's looking at beyond the blink. He's looking at... He's looking at Christ. He's looking at at what comes next. Here's here's our life. We we, we live. We we die. We're judged. And we Christians, we we, we live again. And, And it just goes on and on. We live again with Christ. With His angels. But, if we get so fixated on this, it's just crazy. You know, some of us are really near the end of this of this red mark. We're we're near to the end of it than we think. And you talk to somebody, what are you What are you living for? What are you planning? Oh, I've got I, I'm I'm saving up great retirement. We're going to be traveling and all that. And and we're focusing on the very look smidgen. Is there a word is that? Right at the very end of the red line. But there's, there's more that, that goes beyond that. And, and, and we need to be preparing for that every day. This, this precious time that we have left is to be invested in what is on the other side of all of this. If we invest wisely here, we do again live again with Christ and his angels. And the best of the best. If we invest poorly here of our heart, ourselves, then then we we live, we die, we're judged, and we die again. We we die with the devil and his angels. And that is our eternity. So we, we choose wisely where we invest because choices have consequences. Eternal consequences. This is Revelation 20, beginning with verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it and from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God and books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast in the lake of fire. This is a second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Choices, again, have consequences. What are we doing? here, what choices are we making so that the rest of this, to the moon and beyond, to eternity, will be pleasant, will be wonderful. To end where we began, how much time do we have left? My dad, had 39 years, you know when I was growing up, after my father died, because kind of young when that happened and then I became a young adult and then getting a little older I'm thinking as I'm watching that calendar right watching those years I'm thinking if I could, am I gonna make it to 39 I mean is that the is that the year is that the magical year for me also my dad didn't make it past 39 will I and when I woke up <laughs> and most people it's not that big a deal but 40th birthday in some ways when I woke up, 40th birthday, I realized I got a gift my dad didn't get. Many of you are 39 and older. Many are younger. We just never know how much time we have left. I had a meal at Gano cafeteria with a dear friend, Randy Bell, when I was a freshman at Fried Hardeman. I went back to my dorm, take a nap, maybe study some. He went to the pool. I got a call. Randy had died. He had drowned in the pool. One of the best there's ever been. His his life, so much less time than he anticipated. So many of us wake up in the morning expecting to have an afternoon and the afternoon will not come. That's not a morbid thing for a Christian. That's just a necessary step to being, to being here, to being in the better place with our Father, with our Father's family. Maybe even think of it, think of it this way, of talking about late in the game, all the shots matter. And I want you to just think of it this way, that, that we're, we're at this free throw line. And uh, we, we got the basketball and the game's on the line. And it's saying game, but it's, we know it's not a game. This is life. In a, in, a, in a real game, you get more than one shot. You get a bonus shot sometimes. In, in, in this life, we have, we have one life. We're, we're standing at this free throw line, and we got one shot. And, 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 you know, the reason a lot of people miss the shot is because they're focusing on, on the wrong goal. You know, a basketball game, there's a goal, Looking at that, i got to get it in that. Well, here, if we're aiming for this rather than the this, we're going to miss every time. And we get one shot, really. I say every time, we get one time. But if we focus on this by the grace of God, we cannot, we will not, miss. How much time do we have left? Not as much as we think. Let's prize it. Let's make the best of decisions. Let's let's not miss. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you very much for giving us this life, a time to prepare for the next and, and better life. Help us, Father, to not focus so much on on what we're doing here that, that we forget about a hereafter. Help us every day to cherish every moment, every conversation, every assembly, every hug, every person. Father, if we need to receive forgiveness of sins, help us to never delay that. If we need to put on Jesus in baptism. For the remission of sins, help us to never delay, help us to act today. Father, please forgive us of our sins, forgive us of being distracted, forgive us of, of not investing uh, at times in, in the most important, the most valuable, the church, you, our relationship with you, our relationship with the people you made. Father, help us to be what we ought to be this and every day. In Christ Jesus we pray, amen.